Hey, everybody, welcome back to Bikes and Big Ideas on the Blister Podcast Network. I'm Jonathan Ellsworth, the founder of Blister, and you can check out everything we're doing and reviewing and all of our other podcasts over at blisterreview.com. And we've got terrific news here. The day has come. We are finally able to invite all of you to come visit our amazing network of trails here in the Gunnison Valley. And along these lines, over on our Blister podcast that we posted this week, we had a conversation about some important reminders and best practices for recreating responsibly. And that goes for whether you are out biking or running or hiking or camping close to home or traveling to other areas. So I'd encourage you to check out episode number 130 of our Blister podcast and then Come pay us a visit and enjoy our vast amounts of open spaces and great trails here in Gunnison and Crested Butte. Okay, earlier this week, I was hanging out with bike industry veterans Simon Stewart, aka Mr. Tank Driver of Bikes and Big Ideas, episode number 18 fame, and Joe Parkin, author, former pro cyclist, and my new drug dealer, Uh, at their bike shop in Buena Vista, Colorado. So first, we announce their brand new shop name right here in this episode. Then we talk about what it's like to own and operate a bike shop in this time of COVID. And finally, we talk to Joe about his wildly addictive creation that I'm just calling the Crack Waffle. Seriously, mind-blowing stuff. You all need to go try these things. We'll talk more about it in this episode. Let's go ahead and get to it. Well, listen, we are actually opening this conversation with a big announcement because I am here today sitting in the shop that up until about 12 seconds ago was known as Bone Shaker in a town that's pronounced Buena Vista. (laughs) We should probably tell that story, maybe. But I am sitting here with Simon Stewart and Joe Parkin. And we we have an announcement. I hear the shop, as of like 13 seconds ago, is no longer called Bone Shaker. Simon, what do you have to say about this? Wow, geez. You're putting me on the spot here, Jonathan. (laughs) Actually, um, it wasn't 13 seconds ago. It's it's been in the works for a little while now. Um, We just can't afford a sign. <laughs> well, but this is the first public announcement, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Joe, don't you say? Yeah, Perhaps. Pretty, pretty much. There's been rumors. There's been rumors. Yeah. Okay. And um, you know, we are Univista's um, bike shop, and, and yes, it's you have to say it wrong to say it right. Uh, so be it. Get over it. It's not that bad. It's bad. Um, we just say BV a lot of times, but we're going to be uh, BVBC, which is uh, Univista Bike Company. Joe. Um, would you fill us in on the history of the mispronunciation of this town? Because I know you've you've got a bit of the backstory here, right? Yeah. So so essentially, the this this town was going to have several different names, but they decided that it was going to be Buena Vista. That was going to be the way that you spell it. But they wanted to pronounce it Buena Vista, and they they realized that that was wrong. That was not the way that you pronounce it, but that's what they wanted. And in fact, the woman who named the town, her, her German descent, 
last name, which was, I believe it's Deerheimer. And um, anyway, and she wanted it, she wanted the town to be Buena Vista because there were beautiful views here. And they, they wanted emphasis ah, on that Buena. So that's, that's how it came about. And they weren't exactly, I mean, they weren't idiots. They, they knew what they were doing. They absolutely knew what they were doing. This is a tough one for me. It's tough for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That backstory does help though. You get used to it though. I just think they should have stuck with, if the idea was beautiful, like just start B-E-A-U, Buna. We could have done it that way. We could have done it that way. Maybe there's still time to like get a town, whatever it would have to be called, decree, and just put a different spelling on it. I'm going to probably be extremely unpopular in this town if I keep talking about this. But that's anyway, backstory, Buna. And we are now sitting in then the Buna Vista Bike Company. No, we're going to be the, Buena, the, the Buena Vista Bike Company. You're Buena Vista. <laughs> oh, man. This is really... This is, <laughs> I've just given you a bit of a wind-up, Jonathan. It's, it's, it's going to be, the, the, of course, the Spanish spelling as it should. And um, I, I don't care how you say it. You? I don't care how you say it. Okay. I'm going to just keep saying it. Buena. Cool. Well, anyway, um, ba -ba -da -ba, the grand <laughs> announcement. <laughs> um, so there we go. Yes. Anybody listening to this that can give us a deal and a sign. Yeah. Come on. Let's go. <laughs> okay. Okay. We'll see what we can come up with here. Um, now we should also say, Simon, not your first rodeo on Bikes and Big Ideas. The last time you were here, you were regaling us with your tales as a former tank driver, which I didn't know at the time. It's still the coolest thing about you by far. Um, that I don't really have a point other than just wanted to say that. Well, no, you have a point actually, because during, I think that last uh, Bikes and Big Ideas podcast, you mentioned that you were going to try and mention the tank every time we have a conversation, which now you have. Perfect. It's kind of like Jerry Seinfeld having a Superman reference. This is your thing now. This is my thing. <laughs> yep. Um, but Joe, this is your first time on and you're such a legend. We don't even have time to like get into it today. So we're going to, some other time when Mr. Tank Driver isn't here, we're just going to give you your own dedicate. You didn't, you don't, you didn't drive tanks back in the day, did you? No, no okay. tanks. So Simon actually has that over you, but you got a lot of other stuff over Simon. We're going to actually touch on a bit of it here today. Couple orders of business. Um, one, we wanted to get the new name announcement out. We just need a sign. Uh, I wanted to get straight on the mispronunciation of the town we're currently in. Check, check. Um, and then kind of one of the main things I wanted to talk about with you two is just checking in on kind of sort of bike shops in this time of COVID. And um, obviously you guys are doing your thing here in BV, but um, I don't know, let's start with Joe. I mean, talk a little bit about your experience here or from your talk with either bike manufacturers or other bike shop owners. Give us kind of a state of the present union. It's kind of an interesting thing, actually. The the bicycle industry, bicycle sales, repairs, you know, accessories, all that kind of stuff. The bike bikes in general seem to be um, nothing is completely recession proof, but but bikes seem to do really, really well in any kind of economy. It's kind of the McDonald's mo model, you know, like in a in an up economy poor people eat McDonald's and a down economy, rich people eat McDonald's. Right. And it's, um, that's a broad 
generalization, obviously, but, um, bikes are kind of the same thing. And, and, um, so they, they bicycle sales and, um, bikes as an activity, um, really it kind of, kind of, kind of stems the, the downturns in the economy. And, and, um, it has definitely been that now, um, perhaps even more so than 2008. I've talked to a lot of manufacturers and manufacturers reps who have, you know, spoken of, you know, the, the housing market crash of 2008, when you couldn't find a, you know, a sort of entry level to say $1,500 bike because they were all sold out. Cause you know, everybody suddenly, you know, you, you're not buying a Harley or a boat or an airplane, you're buying a bike. Um, cause it's that thing that is fun. You can kind of buy a, you know, the equivalent of a Ferrari or a Porsche, right. For, you know, a thousand bucks or 5,000 bucks or whatever it is. And, um, and you know, it's that thing that sort of gives back. And, and in this particular downturn in the economy based on the COVID-19 we've gotten, um, I mean, basically nobody has any bikes left. Um, the big shops and people who went out through 2008, you know, anybody that was, you know, had their wits about them bought as many bikes as they possibly could get their hands on. Um, but at this point in time, you're, if you don't have one, you're not getting one. Um, high end bikes are still available, but, but anything below $2,500 is gone. Yeah. Anything to add tank guy? (laughs) Yeah. Um, Gosh, you know, like, I think a crystal ball would have been pretty handy, you know? <laughs> we we took the conservative approach and didn't want to be sitting on a ton of inventory going into what could have possibly been the worst depression in anybody's memory. But that turned out maybe have been, uh, you know, we should have maybe gambled, but um, you, you never can get that right most of the time, right? Uh, what we are seeing now, what I am enjoying doing is taking people's existing uh, bikes and upgrading them, um, lots of service, lots of upgrades, you know, like, actually, I can't really get a new bike or it's not available right now. It's not available to for months from now. Well, let's, um, let's make this one really, really fantastic then. And, and we're doing a lot of that. One of the things that I was kind of wondering about in all of this, if we're kind of looking for silver linings during this time is if in fact, and maybe this is, I don't know, um, you can decide how minor or major of a silver lining. Um, if this might be an opportunity that just more and more people are in fact getting out on bikes, getting introduced to bikes, getting more used to using them. Um, And if that's something that might carry forward, if and when we ever go back to kind of a more normal state of things, I don't know. Do you have thoughts on that, Joe? I, I mean, personally, I would, I love the idea that maybe the, the great silver lining in all of this would be that people would potentially slow down a little bit and that, you know, the sort of idea of a staycation, you know, um, would, would be more, um, I don't know, enjoyable to people. Um, you know, we've definitely seen, I mean, as, as Simon was saying, we're, we're, we're busy with upgrades and repairs of, you know, existing bikes that people have. Um, people have hauled their bikes out of the, you know, underneath the barn, it seems like, you know, and, and getting stuff fixed up. I, it would be, you know, that the, the, the notion that people are suddenly going to stop with their, you know, their boats and their cabins and their trips to here and there and the other place, that, that's not really going to happen, but it would be really cool if, if maybe some of the, the slowing down 
of everything would would stick just a little bit you know um ride you know ride your bike enjoy the stuff that you do have and perhaps everybody gets a bit healthier like that's another silver lining that deserves a deserves a mention yeah uh, i think actually and and we we don't know what you know uh, what causes what causes what but you know the, the reality is that the you know coronavirus covid-19 does does kind of prey heavily on the unhealthy um, population and perhaps that has something to do with um you know the, the the interest in bikes right now get a little bit healthier and um get a little bit stronger and perhaps not be so susceptible to these things mm-hmm. yeah well, bikes certainly are. And Simon, I actually just had a conversation with your lovely wife, Sasha, earlier today, just talking about things like trail etiquette and uh, parking lot etiquette and camping etiquette. And one of the things that maybe that I was talking about with Sasha that has been perhaps a little bit underrepresented in kind of these broader conversations about health is one, people's mental health. And then two, just if people aren't getting outside in safe ways, then we aren't winning on either front. And so, you know, as we're seeing across Colorado, some communities kind of opening up and relaxing some of their travel restrictions. It's like, man, if we can get people out on open trails, you know, getting out both for their physical fitness and their mental well-being it certainly seems like bikes can be a really good vehicle, double entendre, um, you know, and a really positive thing here, so long as we're like doing things the right way. And, you know. Yeah, totally agree. Like, I, it has to be better than cramming people onto a beach. Let's be honest, <laughs> yep. right? Yeah. You could get, it's just, you get natural distancing from being on a bike. You're not always riding together, especially off road and I'm off the beaten path. So yeah, absolutely. All right. We have one big order of business here. And I didn't want to, I didn't want to come in saying that this episode was primarily about waffles, but it's kind of about waffles, Um, which I have started just calling them crack waffles, which I don't know if if, if, if you guys can use that or, or run away from that marketing as much as you'd like. But um, tell us what is going on here. Joe, I want you to give me some of the, I mean, you tell me what's going on, what you guys are doing with waffles here and give me some of the backstory of this. You know, this podcast is called Bikes and Big Ideas. I think this, what we're moving into is kind of more of a bikes and just best ideas. Um, I am all in on bikes and waffles. Joe, take it away. Waffles, they're, they're the greatest thing in the world, really. It's a, um, no, we, we, so when, when we, Simon and I came here to BV and bought this shop, um, the, the plan was always, always to put a bar into the shop. Um, we thought that, you know, that, that the cycling community had kind of gone away from, you know, from, from church, you know, like the, this used to be when I, when I started riding bikes, your bike shop was your church, your, you, or your bar or whatever you want to call it, whatever analogy you want. But it was the place that you went, you hung out, you learned things at the bike shop. You, you know, you, you talked shit at the bike shop. You did all of the the stuff at the bike shop. That was 
that was the, the center of your you know education and everything when it came to bikes and that you know we've gone away from that we thought that how cool it would be if we could combine i mean it's not like this has never been done before but we just thought we could we could combine those things and um so we were starting to gear up and buy things like an espresso machine and 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 espresso bob who we bought our machine from had a had you know had a line on some like the the way he made it sound it was like he had some super secret you know kind of like black market you know smuggled into the country um belgian waffle irons and you know he was he was trying to give us the hard sell on on the thing but we just we like done made perfect sense uh, um so when i i lived in belgium for a long time and raced bikes professionally in belgium and uh i had a teammate whose whose wife would make like the danish cookie tins full of waffles and anytime we were on the road for you know two or three weeks at a time this guy had a suitcase full of these things and um you know and he would share the 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 jerk would share like one per day with me and uh they're wonderful they're absolutely incredible and they travel well and anyway we just i mean it didn't take any kind of like strong arming we just bought the thing and here we are we're making waffles well but this is the part that i only found out yesterday is i just thought you guys started doing this more or less random waffle thing but this whole story of you like that that the Fonz, right? Yeah. Introduced you to these waffles. And that's why when Espresso Bob, which is the greatest name ever, and I definitely think I need to get Espresso Bob on a podcast. I don't exactly know why. I just want to talk to a guy named Espresso Bob. Or E-Bob for short. E-Bob. But like when he walked in, you're like, I'm sold because you had this whole background. So this is, uh, so it's all coming together. It's all, it's not that random. Yeah, no, there, I, I don't know. It just, you know, it wasn't, we didn't, it wasn't like we woke up one day and it's certainly 20 years ago, you know, if you said, would you think you would be getting up at, you know, six o'clock in the morning and making a, a shit ton of waffles, I would have said you're out of your mind, you know, but if, you, if, if, I, if I'd asked you six months ago, Joe, you think you ever get excited about a bun warmer? Yeah, right. No, <laughs> I wouldn't have. It would have, it would never would have happened, but, but, um, I don't know. They're just, they're kind of magical, you they know, and magical the, the, you know, the neatest thing is, is, you know, they're, it's a staple in Europe, especially in Belgium and Northern France. You see these things everywhere, but I would venture a guess that 99% of the American population doesn't even know one, what, what a Liège waffle is to begin with. And they probably haven't had one. And so the, the fun part has been kind of, you know, not necessarily educating people, but just kind of listening to all the feedback, you know, like, uh, you know, people want to know where's the syrup and where's the butter and you don't need any for this thing. And they also, they're really concerned about the size of them because they're used to getting, you know, like a waffle that's as big as your car at yeah. Denny's or whatever it is. And, and these things are small, you know, and, and I don't know, it's just been really fun and, and they are crack for sure. They are crack. Give us like one to two minutes, like geek out about these waffles. Tell us a bit about what's going on. Because if, if if someone's sitting here thinking like, all right, I guess they're not the size of whatever, a gigantic IHOP waffle or something, the floor is yours again. I mean, if you want to talk about some of the ingredients or whatever, but like the details matter here. The details matter for sure. They're, so the, so 
the the fun part about a Liège waffle is that it is it's got you know the key ingredients that you need in life, right? <laughs> there's there's <laughs> there's butter and there's sugar. And those are the main ingredients, butter and sugar. So your butter's already in there and your syrup's already in there essentially because you've got sugar. Now the the um the fun part about them is that they are and they they they're calorie rich, right? They, it is a dough-based product. Yeah. So if you want to boil it down to the, the simplest of terms, it's brioche dough and it's pearl sugar. And pearl sugar, for lack of a better way to, I, to describe it, is imagine you get like sugar cubes for your coffee and you put those into a giant you know, tumbling drum or a cement mixer or something like that and you rolled them around so they became round instead of square or rectangular. And the pearl sugar goes into the dough after the dough has proofed and risen, so to speak. Um, you put the, the pearl sugar in there kind of at the last minute. And so it doesn't, it, it's not able to absorb into the dough. So it stays solid. And then the heat from the waffle iron sort of caramelizes the, the sugar on the crust of the waffle. And then any of that sugar that's cooked into the, the delicious center of the Liège waffle. That's kind of like your, your kind of like your secret surprise. Like imagine, I always tell people like, imagine the best piece of Parmigiano Reggiano that you've ever had in your life where you get that, those little salty crystalline, you know, surprises as you bite into a piece of Parmesan. Uh, it's similar to that with a Liège waffle, only it's sugar, uh-huh. not salt. So there you go. Unless you're Simon. And, and then you, you put salt on the waffle, then you put salt. which is really good too. Yeah. It's, it's kind of blown my mind. It's completely. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what we're going to do with you. You're leaving with an addiction now and you have no way to fuel that addiction where you're going. Yeah, but we are. I'm sorry. <laughs> we are talking. We are in talks. We are in talks. We, are in talks. we will <laughs> we'll leave it at that. But uh, We know a guy that drives. drives. Yeah. Um, it's really cool. It's really fun. And like I, people need to come people need to come experience. The other thing I love, and this is before I had my first crack waffle, is Simon's like, you got to come check this out. It's like the Ferrari of waffle makers. <laughs> so <laughs> I was pretty, pretty in off of that description that yeah. I actually had them. So yeah. Oh, it's a real deal. It is the Ferrari of waffle makers. And, and you know, the, the funny thing is we bought the waffle maker kind of sight unseen. It was like, well, it came from Belgium. What could go wrong? But it turns out that there's a lot of technology in the, in the, the waffle iron itself it was, you know, CNC machined. So it's very smooth. So it, it, it kind of bakes the waffle more perfectly. I mean, there's a lot of science. I mean, if, it, if this is your, if you, if you're Belgian and this is your jam, you know, you've been eating these things. Imagine, you know, like the guy that, you know, the engineer on this waffle iron, you know, he's been eating these things. Maybe he worked in a bakery making waffles and he was like, damn it, the waffles are sticking to the thing and they're not, they're not cooking perfectly. I know what I can do. We're going to use technology. You know, I'm sure that there's some sort of technology in their marketing copy with a TM and an R and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, it works really well. If you have if you know people the the it seems like the cat's out of the bag it's it's a fairly trendy thing at the mm. moment it seems like doesn't it yeah yeah, yeah. where friends of ours and uh, knowing what we're doing are, are making them at home and then and then i inevitably I, I get like a photo sent to me of just this demolished 
you know, commercially available waffle iron. <laughs> They're like, what's the secret? How do you not make this gigantic effing mess? And I'm like, well, you, you spend a couple of thousand dollars yep. on a waffle maker. That's how you do it. <laughs> and then you use a really old recipe too. That's helpful. Yeah. Hmm. My favorite thing maybe about this entire trip was this morning I got the text from Simon and he's like, dude, we're using new flour. You got to come try the waffles. And I'm like, cool, because I've had like six in, I don't know, 48 hours. But uh, Having the machine come from Belgium is one thing. The sugar comes from Belgium and now we had to get the flour. Yeah, we're using all kinds of special products and some non-special products, but... Well, I think you guys are doing it right. And I like I like this bikes and waffles world. And yesterday I did. I had two waffles. Then Simon and I went on a ride. And uh, I still got a bit tired. So maybe I should have a third waffle. Maybe. Well, they, they, there's the thing that your, your mistake was not bringing one with you. Right. So this is, this is one of the things that was so good when Joe's teammate, Fonz DeWolf, I don't know if he mentioned his last name, but his name was, or it's Fonz DeWolf, like the most punk rock. Straight, straight out of a Pulp Fiction movie. Yeah. World. Like these things, because they travel so well, like yeah. a day old tastes amazing. Yeah. Two day old tastes amazing. Put it in your jersey pocket, put it in your, uh, in your hip pack or whatever you're using these days. Hell, just strap it to your top tube. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> um, you're fine. They're amazing. Yeah. And like, it's a lot of times where, you know, the calories are good, but the, the sugar, you know, well into a long ride is, is a nice thing too. Yep. Yeah. One more thing we should touch on before we wrap this up though, is we haven't even talked yet about the variety of waffles you guys are selling here. So Joe, do you care to take us through the list a bit? So the, the funny thing is that, you know, that everybody sort of agrees that the OG original, you know, ancient recipe Liege waffle is the kind of the best, right? But there's, um, you know, not wanting to like just rest on ancient perfection. Sure. We decided that we should try some other things. Now, the biggest thing is that people are always asking for maple syrup, right? It's a waffle. It should have maple syrup and butter on it. Well, it's already got all of the butter. If you guys saw like the amount of butter that goes into these things, <laughs> like, like you might want, you would think twice about having the second one, but that the whole maple thing. So I started playing around with, with changing the recipe a little bit so that I could insert some maple flavor into the waffle. Well, then that wasn't really, I mean, it was good enough, but it was, you know, wanted to go a little bit farther and so took it to the level where I now do one that has maple glaze on it and then what goes better with maple and sugar and butter bacon right so we have a maple glazed bacon version um and then as a as a you know an ode to voodoo donut we had to do one that was stupid and put I I we did one with uh, with fruity pebbles on it. It's got a it's got a donut a proper donut glaze on it, and then there's all these fruity pebbles encrusted into it. It sounds really stupid, and it sounds like something that you would take a picture of and laugh at a little bit. But then you eat one, and it's pretty stellar. Um, and then you know we're feeling like that turns out that a waffle is the great vehicle for any other kind of thing you want to do with it. So we've been topping them with various different old world Belgian stews. Um, I've got, um, there's a hangover version that is, that is uh, smoked, smoked and then slow cooked brisket, you know, bunch of different stuff. And the, you know, the sky's the limit really. 
This really guy is. is. This guy really is. And I will say as a, as a sidebar, like, and one of my favorite things, and Joe just um, clued me on this, is uh, they're also known as hunting waffles oh, yeah. in Belgium, um, which I think is bitching. Yeah, straight cool. Yeah, give me right? some hunting waffles, please. Yeah. yeah. If someone came up to the front door and asked us for hunting waffles, like, hey, that's on the house today. Totally. <laughs> oh, shit, I shouldn't have said that. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's a podcast. Well, today, today it would be on the house, but we're today, closed. Just so. today, today only. I'm about to ask for one for the road. Yeah, there's yeah. no like, there's no such thing as a hunting donut. No, right? it would fall apart, right? Yeah, right. hunting waffle. These don't, they're hardy. You can take them with them and the hunting trip can last multiple days and your waffles are there for you. You guys have a lot going on. Let me, let's just recap. We just announced the, the new name, Buena Vista Bike Company. You have this lucrative, amazing waffle business going on, which I am like your number one customer. <laughs> Um, I'm, we're sitting next to the beautiful bar in here. We haven't even talked about that. I mean, you can also come in, right, and get a lovely... Well, you will be able to at some point. Well, we we're currently can get lovely coffee drinks, right? That's correct, yeah. And then, soon, we don't know exactly when. That's the, the, un, about, that's the unfortunate thing is, you know, we, we have a lovely bar. We, we built a bar that comes from Joe and I's experience of being in, you know, I've been <clears throat> studying bars my entire life, Jonathan. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's a bit of a life study. And so I built one with all of that knowledge built into it and it is glorious and the height's perfect. Um, and the bar stool to bar top height ratio is, is, is perfect. It has to be, you know, I mean, I obsessed upon this thing for, for countless, you know, hours and, uh, years, His entire life, my basically. Entire life, yeah. Actually, um, but we do. We will be serving. Um, we will be serving cocktails and beer. Yeah, and um, and wine. So, uh, but we're not at the moment. We could. We could be having takeout with the waffle. You could get, you know, um, a beer with your waffle. But we're we're kind of just still being a little conservative there. It yeah. seems a little bit off, doesn't it? Yeah. Anyhow, so the yeah the grand vision is that you you will you will at some point when um, things do normalize um what happens to bar culture moving forward because yeah i don't know nobody yeah. really knows like i'm not in a rush to go into a bar right now and stand next to a bunch of people because mm -hmm. it doesn't say it doesn't seem right but 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 perhaps uh, next year that'll be a different story well gentlemen this has been fun and uh i can't thank you enough or <laughs> I don't know, like bless you or damn you for introducing <laughs> me to these waffles. I don't, I don't know which just yet, but uh, it's super fun and they are super good. And uh, so, yeah. And I, Joe, I look forward to when we get to go through a bit more of your interesting past, present and trajectory. And uh, cause there's a whole lot to talk about, I think there. Anyway, I'll let you guys get going, um, but yeah, cool what you're doing. You know, here's wishing you well and every other good service-oriented bike shop out there and uh yeah may we all uh do okay in these weird times thank you cheers 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 all right guys that's it for this edition of bikes and big ideas thanks to simon and joe for the conversation and thanks to joe in particular for giving me a very strong new addiction you should definitely head over to the shop formerly known as bone shaker to try one or 10 of these waffles for yourself. Finally, I want to say thanks to Jared Farley for producing this episode 
And until next time, please take good care of yourself and everybody else. And we will talk to you again next week.